Welcome to a special Yak podcast. Um, this two-parter is from the Shame series we did over the high school retreat uh, so that you parents can listen to what uh, we talked about with the students and students if you need to re-listen to it. Um, hopefully uh, this is beneficial to you. Some of you might have read Nathaniel Hawthorne's book, The Scarlet Letter. In his book, Hawthorne paints an excellent picture of the intersection between guilt and shame. In the book, Hester Prynne is forced to wear a scarlet A as punishment for her idolatry. Was she guilty of adultery? One, two, three. Yes. 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 Does the love of Jesus still extend to this woman? One, two, three. There is always forgiveness for sinners. Yet the story is not about her guilt. For most of us as believers, we don't struggle with our guilt. It's about the lasting shame she receives from the community. And this is your first fill in the blank on that last page where it says lesson notes. And it says, and when the community sees you in shame, it's easy for you to add God's voice to the list of accusers. When the community sees you in shame, it's easy for you to add God's voice to the list of accusers. Hester's Scarlet A is a literary reminder that once shame attaches itself, it's hard to get rid of. Today we're going to talk about shame. Now most of you probably don't walk around with a literal A found on Hester. Although some of you might walk around with an A carved into the skin like the other adulterer in the book, Reverend Dimsdale. But I think everyone in this room, from the cool kid to the outcast, walks around with a level of shame. And it keeps you from enjoying your Savior. So, we've prayed, I'm going to jump right in, I'm going to begin with a story. So when I was in sixth grade, I'm using this term loosely, I had a girlfriend. Okay? Uh, maybe many of you have been there before, the first desires of being accepted and celebrated by another person. We called each other boyfriend and girlfriend, even though it really didn't constitute much. We had hung out a couple of times, a movie a birthday party, the pool with the family. So on Valentine's Day, I got her a bag of goodies. Mostly candy, and I was going to deliver it to her. We weren't in the same class, so I tried to find her where I would say hi to her in the mornings, but she was not there. I tried to find her at lunch. Same problem. So I gave the gift to a friend and had her deliver it to her for me since she had a class with her. I got on the bus... And that friend came back with the bag of goodies. She plopped them on my lap and told me that my girlfriend, what my girlfriend at the time had said. She said she didn't want to be my girlfriend anymore. And when I asked why, she said it was because I had put on some weight. That I was fat. Shame at that point for a sixth grade boy entered my world. And not just shame, but debilitating shame. The type of shame that would haunt me as I looked into the mirror throughout high school. The type of shame that crept in when I was willing to risk love again. Always this. They wouldn't want to be associated with you. You're too fat. Do I have some of your attentions? 
Have you been in the same place? Some of you are on the other end. You fear the shame of being considered ugly in the eyes of the world, so you obsess over your physical form and the highlight and the flaw and highlight the flaws in others. Shame too is gripped your heart. Shame that someone might figure out who you are on the inside. Now let's be real here. Shame does not beat around the bush. It does not play for a tie. It plays to dominate your mind and your heart. It aims for your identity, and it wants you to know what everyone else thinks about you, or at least what it wants you to think everyone else thinks about you. Shame doesn't say, you're not good at this, or you're not smart enough, or you're not interesting. I'm not talking about low self-esteem. Low self-esteem can say, I want to be greater than I am and feel bad because I'm not more successful. Our pride runs deep, and it's one's low self-esteem accomplice, and it's one of our low, it's one of low self-esteem's accomplices. The other is our shame. Shame says, you are not acceptable. You are a mistake. Shame screams, you're a loser. You're an idiot. You're garbage. And it screams it so loud and so regularly that you're left saying, I'm a loser. I'm an idiot. I'm garbage. Shame leads you to begin to tell yourself these things. You confess things that aren't your fault. Being the target of someone else's anger or contempt, you think it's your fault. Being hurt or rejected by other people must be your fault. Being alive, your fault. Being born, being. Shame leads to lost friendships, a feeling of isolation, and if not dealt with, suicide. And these thoughts are happening in this room. According to the Center of Disease Control annual survey, one out of every five teenagers has seriously considered suicide in the past year. I'll tell you this to let you know you are not alone and God has not left you alone. You see, the Bible is a book about shame. From Genesis 3 to Revelation 20, we see constantly the nakedness of man exposed. The mark that left us separated from God is a loud and obnoxious as the scarlet A that was sewn into the clothes of Esther. But before we begin how scripture deals with shame, I want to make sure we're on the same page. And that is, what is shame? And this is your next fill in the blank. Shame is the deep sense that you are unacceptable because of something you did, because of something done to you, or something associated with you, you feel exposed and humiliated. Again, shame is the deep sense that you are unacceptable because of something you did, something done to you, or something associated with you. You feel exposed and humiliated. Or to strengthen the language, because that's how shame operates, you are disgraced, Because you acted less than human, you were treated as if you were less than human, or you were associated with someone less than human, and there are witnesses. So that's the next fill in the blank. You are disgraced because you acted less than human, you were treated as if you were less than human, or you were associated with someone less than human, and there are witnesses. Fact is, it doesn't take a lot to feel shame. All it takes is one wrong word from the right person or constant demeaning words from a parent or a teacher or an older sibling. 
or the worst type of shame of all, the one where no one says anything to you because you're just not worth it. Have you ever been there? The worst type of shame of all, the one that says, the one where no one says anything to you because you're just not worth it. It's the one where we ignore that kid in the hallway or we ignore that kid at lunch. We know he's lonely. We know he's struggling. But he's just not worth our time. He's just not worth our energy to acknowledge as existing. But the Bible addresses shame. It deals with it more than guilt. In scripture, you will find shame, nakedness, dishonor, disgrace, and defilement about 10 times more than you will find guilt. So let's jump into scripture. Let's go to the garden. You've read the children's book. God creates. He creates man and woman. All is good. They are without shame. They are in their birthday suits and they don't care. Talk about lack of shame. And then sin enters. And what is the first thing they do? Genesis 3, 7 says this, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. They were ashamed for what they had done. So what did they do? So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They covered it up, which is what we typically do with shame. We cover it up. It's the reason I was uncomfortable, and so many of you were uncomfortable when I brought up those shame words earlier because we typically don't bring them out in the open. Shame enters the world and we believe that we are not good enough. And you see shame at every biblical figure that steps into the Old Testament. The shame of Sarah for not being able to bear a son. Sarah can't have children. She must have done something to displease God. I wonder what she did. The shame Noah felt walking through town while building a boat. Can you believe this guy? What an idiot. Thinking it's going to flood. The boat has isolated him from the rest of the community. The shame of Leah for not being wanted. For her younger sister Rachel being the object of Jacob's affection. She's so ugly. How will she ever get married? The shame of Moses for being born an Israelite. He isn't one of us royals. He was just found and taken pity on. The shame of Moses before the Lord when God asks him to do a great work. Lord, I can't do this. I am not a good speaker. Ask my brother. I'm not worthy. The shame of David with Bathsheba. He's not worthy to be king. Look at who he is. The shame Hosea felt as he married a prostitute. The shame Gomer the prostitute felt. Look at that whore. How can he marry her? The fear and shame of Esther letting her husband, the king, know that she was a Jew. Jew? Could anyone be more crooked? Then Jesus enters the scene in the New Testament, and he's all about ridding shame. There are literally dozens of passages I can pull from from the four Gospels. But I'm going to pull from the story of the leper because I think it makes the point decisively and then we can move on to the application. Let's see what he does. It's Mark 1, 40 and 42. You can turn in your Bibles. It is literally three verses we're going to look at tonight. Again, Mark 1, 40 and 42. Second uh, book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark. 
chapter 1, so it's really easy for you to find. One, forty through forty-two. Mark one, forty through forty-two. I'll let you get there. Y'all have it memorized yet? I'm just kidding. A man with leprosy came to him, Jesus, and begged him on his knees, "If you're willing, you can make me clean." Jesus was indignant. He reached out with his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, to be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. Now, you won't find a leper on the edges of town anymore. In your context, you see them as the last person picked for an activity, and the students you refused to sit with at lunch. And this is not just a popularity thing. Some of you wouldn't want to be caught dead with a jock as a lab partner because you consider him an idiot. They are your leper. Take a moment and ask yourself. This is your next fill in the blank. Take a moment and ask yourself, who are the people you avoid like the plague? Who are the people that you avoid like the plague? Fact is, not only do most of us do this unconsciously, most of us unconsciously make lepers of those around us, but we too are those lepers. And many of us feel that way when we come before our Heavenly Father. Why would God want anything to do with me? I'm a loser. I am dirty. I'm shamed. Why would God want anything to do with me? Just like the leper in the story, we have have been ostracized by some and are feeling the painful effects of it. Especially if it's by someone close to us or by someone who used to be close to us. The leper is ashamed of his body. What are you ashamed of? Your body image? Do you avoid pool parties or wear tons of makeup to cover up what you perceive as imperfections? Your hobbies? Do you play games, read books, and watch shows at home that you would never tell your friends about? Your family? Do you invite people over because of the way do you not invite people over because of the way your home looks or the way your brother or sister acts? Or because you fear your parents might embarrass you? Your church? Do you fear inviting your friends to church activities because you don't want them to you don't want them to perceive you as religious? Are you ashamed of your savior? Do you act differently around certain people because you are scared to death that they might find out who you rely on for your salvation? Are you ashamed of your sin? Do you avoid confession to parents, friends, or God? Because to bring up the sin is to acknowledge it, and you just don't want to deal with it. So how do we respond when you're in the place of the leper? Do you try to change yourself to fit the other people's expectations? Do you convince yourself that there is nothing you can do in self-love? Do you try to hide your hurt with humor? Do you ignore the name-calling instead of confronting it? Do you choose not to have serious conversations about hot topics because you fear your friends' responses to your opinions? Do you blame yourself for the actions of others? 
Do you blame others for your own actions? Some of you have gone so far that you share your shame with others and hang out with people that have the same shame. It's the elephant in the room that none of you talk about, but you all know it's there. And you think you are all right because you know everyone else has the same letter hanging around their neck. And I think that's a key one. When we recognize someone else's shame and we know that we have the same one, it's almost like we can be friends. And then you don't talk about it. It's just the elephant in the room. And sometimes it's even celebrated. Ah, or this to the rest of the school or to the rest of the church or to the rest of the community. And you wear it around your neck. This is your next fill in the blank. And if you leave with nothing tonight, I think I like this one a lot. Look, the fact is lepers might live in the same colony, but there is no vibrant community. Lepers might live in the same colony, but they share no vibrant community. You know what the leper does in the story? He knows that God can clean him. He has heard the stories. He might, he might even have met some people that are now walking, running, seeing life for the first time, and are free from disease. And he believes that Jesus can heal him. The man is on his knees before Jesus and says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Some of you don't believe that. You've heard the stories of Jesus transforming lives. You've read eyewitness testimonies. Maybe you've even seen some lives transformed by the power of the gospel. But you don't really believe Jesus can do anything to change you to remove the shame. Some of you don't want to believe it. You're convinced the leper colony is the safest place on the planet. So you not only don't want to get rid of your shame, you flaunt it. You want to make sure everyone is aware of it. That way people can view you, view you as edgy, as rebellious. You think that makes you an adult. Hate to break it to you, all it does is make you a slave to your disease. And instead of dealing with it, you curse God with your words and actions and say that, well, Jesus has to forgive me. That's his job. When you are ready to believe that Jesus can do for your shame, not just your sin, you will approach him as the leper did, on his knees, knowing that Jesus can remove it at his will. And Jesus responds to the leper. He reached out with his hand and touched the man. Let me park on that for a second. He touched the man. No one touches a leper. That's how you get leprosy. The man hadn't been touched by another in forever. His family had abandoned him. The only other people who might touch him are literally oozing at the pores. And those type of people rarely want to be touched. Sometimes you just need to touch someone and let them know they're worthy. A handshake, a pat on the back, a hug. Let them know you care. But Jesus continues. He says this, I'm willing. Be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him. The source of his shame was gone. No one will see him as a leper anymore. But the sentence did not end there. It says immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Humor can't cleanse your shame. Ignoring your guilt can't cleanse your shame. People can't cleanse your shame. But the God of the universe can you just have to believe it and ask for it. And I hope you all work towards that end this weekend.
Thanks for listening to another Yak podcast. If you want more information on Yak, you can visit us at cccfrisco.org. I hope you join us again next week. Thanks for listening.